sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known, by forever daddy, oh how we love you so, I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Wasn't it awesome to see our young people up on the, on the worship team? Thank you, guys. Thank you. And CJ, man, God showed me you're not an American idol because God says you're an instrument of his praise and his power for this generation. Amen? Amen. It's good to see our young people, man, just getting empowered and stepping out and doing what, what we should have been doing when we were their age. Amen? So, all right, man. So, in, in, the same, in that same spirit, I just want to, that's why we have some younger, younger bucks on the preaching team. And so, I would just want to bring up, come on, Merck. I want to bring up uh, Eho to come share the word this morning. Amen? All right, all right. All right, praise God. Woo, got to take a deep breath. Wow. Two more announcements. Two more announcements. Um, today after the service, there will be the healing ministry on the side rooms. The healing rooms will be open. So please, if you're dealing with any kind of a condition, we'll meet you over there and we'll believe God together. Also, the inner healing sign-up sheet is in the back at the help desk over there. So sign up if you're really dealing with any rejection issues, any anger issues, whatever issues you got. God got tissues, all right? <laughs> ah, wow, praise God. Everybody's doing good? Yeah. Wow, that was awesome, right? That was awesome. All I need is you, God. All I need is you. Actually, the title of the message that I got today is Only One Thing is Needed. Only One Thing is Needed. You see, sometimes, um, you know, in our walk with God, we get so, you know, ignited and we just, we want to follow God and we say, God, I mean, what is it you want me to do? I'll do anything. I just, I just want you. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And sometimes, you know, in, in my walk, that's, you know, I mean, all of us, when we start off or even in the middle and sometimes even now, we just say, you know what, God, I really, I, I, I don't want, I want to be perfect. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to mess mess up uh, 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 my walk by, I, I, I just don't want you to look at me in any sideways, any side view. I really want to strive after the things you want me to strive after. I want to have your mind. I want to have, you know, I just want to be, you know, in union with you, in connection with you. You know, so, you know, sometimes we just, through that, we try everything that we can do to mature and to grow. But how many of us know that it's not how many years also that we've been called the Christian that makes us mature. It's how many years we've spent in the presence of the Lord. 
You see, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21 says, Samuel grew up before, and some versions say, in the presence of the Lord. And in that word presence, actually, is, it, it really means in the communion and fellowship of the Lord. So, when we find that place in God where we say, God, you know, I really desire to have that relationship with you. It should not be replaced with any methods. It should not be replaced with any A, B, and C to get to the presence. It shouldn't be. Because God, even from Genesis to Revelation, reveals, even through Adam, how he walked with him in the cool of the day, talking with him and fellowshipping with him. And God enjoyed that. God loved that. And from the fall of Adam and on and on and on, we see God still is in love and has a passionate desire to be in a relationship with us. There's nothing that you can do or say that can stop that. Your sin can't stop that. Our issues and weaknesses can't stop that. God, it even says... In the New Living Translation, in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 2, it says, My love for Mount Zion is passionate and strong. I am consumed with passion for Jerusalem. He's so passionately in love with you. I hear Gary saying that a lot. He is totally overwhelmed with you. That even in the Psalms, it declares that his thoughts towards us is more than the sands of the sea. Now, if you look at every sea, you go to Orchard Beach, you go to Jones Beach, you go to, you know, whatever beach you go to, or you go to private beaches, you go, his thoughts towards you are more in a whole combined than those grains of sand. Can you just picture that for a minute? Like, I'm always on your mind, Lord. I'm always, you're always thinking about me. And he is, because he loves us. And that's awesome to me, because now... I'm realizing that even through traditions or methods, it's not about what I have to do, but it's who I need to be with. Only one thing is needed, is to be with Jesus. And so what I come to realize now is that in, chap in the book of Luke, I'm going to read real quick from the book of Luke. This is chapter 10, starting at 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her 
it will not be taken away from her. You see, at that time, you see, what, what I get from there is, is two different mindsets. One is connecting to the heart of God. Another one, I, I believe Martha had a desire and a passion. She wanted to be close with God. And she had a gift of this hospitality. How many of us know sometimes we are gifted? We have our gifts. And sometimes, you know, we'll move in our gifts and we'll speak with our gifts. And, and we'll lay hands and, and we'll preach and we'll sing and we'll do this. But sometimes when we develop and connect in union with a true relationship with God, it's so much more different because when you move even in your gift... Sometimes the presence of the Lord is absent. Moses declared, he said, how else would this world know the difference between me and them if your presence doesn't go with me? This should be the mark of who we are when we step into the, into the job, when we step into the school. The atmosphere begins to change because we bring heaven's atmosphere. We bring, we bring the presence of the Spirit of God in the place. But sometimes we focus on something that disconnects us to the very life source, which is God. The one thing that's needed. And intentionally, we don't do it because we mess up and, and, and we, we think that, you know, I got I to gotta go through A, B, and C to order to be anointed like this one. And, and, and we do grow and mature. But it's not growing and maturing in, in, in a place where you keep looking at your failures and trying to fix it. The Bible says, as we behold in the mirror, unveiled face, the Lord... We are being transformed from the same image from glory to glory to glory. It doesn't say looking at your faults. It says looking at Jesus, we're transformed. As I get rid of my mindset and I look at what I am in the word and I see what he says that I am and I continue to focus on Jesus, he's the one that I need. The one thing that I needed, I find myself stepping higher and higher and higher, not for my own self-gratification or benefit, but I see I'm being transformed into the same image that he is. The love that he has, I'm spewing out. The love that, 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 that he has is, is what I'm releasing. The love and, and the humility and the peace is all upon me me one thing is needed I grew up in in a religious atmosphere where they say God will turn his face from you when you mess up he turned it on Jesus don't mess up he turned his back on you but he turned his back on Jesus so he would never have to turn his back on you. So that he's always embracing you when we fall. When Adam fell, he hid himself from the presence of the Lord. When we mess up, why do we run from the house of God? When we sin or, or when we deal with certain things in our life, and we're totally consumed and our focus is totally consumed on what we're dealing with. The enemy would use that isolation to build that in our lives even greater. Only one thing is needed. When you come to the house of the Lord, that means that you're taking the time to spend with him. 
And that presence of the Lord begins to sweep through the worship, through the word. And in that presence contains the, the, the heaven's atmosphere, the power, where what you're dealing with is just continuing to melt off of you. And you're rising above the situation, seeing how small it was, just to argue with your wife before you came to church. It's rising to another plateau and a level. And sometimes it's just not in service that we should make the decision to spend time with him. It's all right when, 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 when my children fall or, or, or hurt themselves, I run to them. It, I, don't, I don't say, well, did you, did you clean your room first? God's heart is like that. You run to him, he's going he, he, to love. He's going he's to help your need right then and there. But let's learn to live there. If we live there, we won't have to depend on leadership to lay hands on us. When we live there, abide there, it speaks of us being a branch in the Bible, connected to the vine. And the sap, the life of the vine is fed right into the branch. When we connect with God, the one thing that's needed, everything that he has becomes ours. The life. The Bible says that he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. Sometimes our mindsets mess us up. Our traditions, our cultures paint an imaginary Jesus to us. Well, we think he's an imaginary friend. But God is so much more bigger than your imagination. And our mindset, like Martha and Mary, Martha, they, she lived in a time where men, like I said, didn't, they, they rejected women from being in that whole council, that whole discipleship kind of a field. But Mary was sitting at his feet. Martha probably was consumed with her, her work and worry. You know, I want to please Jesus. I want to make sure that he has the right food. I want this to taste good. Taste this soup. Taste this food. Is that good? Is that good? Take, go, come over here. Come over here. Uh, yo, where's Mary at? Where's Mary? She's sitting at his feet. Don't she knows? Doesn't she know that she's supposed to be helping me? You know what? I'm not even going to talk. I'm going to talk to Jesus. Jesus, can you tell her something? Jesus... He didn't even show no favoritism. He said, Martha, Martha. You're irking me out, Martha. You're worried about too much. He went to the root. Only one thing is needed. Our worry and our work and our problems is bringing us anxiety and driving us to try to fix it. But one thing is needed. Mary has chosen that which will not be taken away from her, Martha. Even to the point where she spends so much time with me, she's listening to my word. She's listening to my ways and watching my walk. That even, some, even in, the, in, in the Gospel of John, it says that when, Matt, when he came over to... to, to to have fellowship with them again and have relationship with them again 
Mary walks over to him. She took her most precious treasure, the costly thing that, that cost her the most in her life. She broke it over his feet. And I think that definitely what Pastor Mark said, the things that we really think are our most costly treasure in intimacy, when we realize that he loves me more, that, that I'm, I'm loving him more, it, it's, not, it's not worth what I love here to give up what, what, what he is here. So Mary gave him her most costly treasure. What is your costly treasure that God is saying, release to me, that you may have relationship with me through intimacy? You see, Moses was called to the mountain of fellowship, right? To be in the presence of God. And God wanted the children of Israel to come with them, come with him. But they drew back and said, nah, you know something? Nah, Moses, you speak to us. That's too great of a power. That's too great. I don't want that. It was just a heart's, you know, people speak too much. You can tell what's in their heart at times. So when they were saying that, it shows that they were still self-centered and still had a lot of the treasures of Egypt still in their hearts. And so they were not able to really trust God because, you know, what, what if... You know, sometimes we don't open a word because we don't want to be responsible for what we read. Sometimes we don't want to get into the presence of the Lord because we don't want to hear him tell us to let go of the things we love. But when you do take the time to spend with him in his presence, you realize that what you loved is nonsense. When, when Paul said, what I, what I, what I, what I, consi I consider all this dung is doodle compared to Jesus. It's one thing that's needed. But we, we, we deceived in a sense to the point where we think that, you know, God is out to, to ruin our lives. Wrong mindset. It's our mindset sometimes of the painted picture of Christ. Sometimes we learn it through, through false uh, 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 brethren or we learn it through through uh, uh, leadership or we learn it through you know but look at the heart of God has he ever rebuked you in, in, in a time uh, of anger and, and was ready to judge you and say look at you get away from me if you look in your lives you'll see that everything that you did God healed over that with love and he's never judged you and condemned you he's always loved you and so, Moses always advances, but Israel retreated. But when Moses was called to bring the people out of Egypt, it wasn't to do the sacrifices. He said that they may worship me. He called them to intimacy. And that's the call today. The one thing that's needed is the intimacy with Jesus. We can be too busy sometimes for Jesus because we're running around doing these errands and running around doing these errands and running. Let me, let me tell you a dream I had one time. 
I had a dream that I seen a little, a little child. The little child was, was demon-possessed. So in the dream, I spotted him and I looked. So I went up to him and I grabbed him and choked him. I started choking the little boy. <laughs> Don't follow deliverance like that. You know, that won't work. So I choked him. I started choking him and I said, reveal your demonic counsel. And the little boy began to speak. He said, if we can keep him from the prayer closet, we can keep him from the life of God. I used to go into that time with God and spend and say, God, make me better. Give me your strength. Give me this. And God corrected me. He said, don't look to me for strength. Look to me for life. Because from that life comes the strength of God, comes the virtues of God. So, so God was showing me that the most attacked place in my life was to try to disconnect me from the life who is God. So every time, sometimes we wake up in the middle of the night, why, is it, why am I up? You know, I feel like I should pray, but I don't really think I should. Let me see. Sometimes we, we, we got free time, and then we say, you know what? what, what should I do right now? And then you feel the word calling you. Get into my Bible. Spend some time with me. Spend some time with me. And somebody calls on the phone. And you're like, oh, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, what are y'all going to do, bowl? You're going gonna, gonna to go bowling? Yeah, let me, let me, I, I should go bowling with y'all. Yeah, yeah, I'll I, I go bowling. And you know what's happening to our spiritual condition is like an Ethiopian. We get skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. To the point where sometimes Samson, he didn't, even know, he didn't even know the Spirit of God left him. He was too busy doing his own thing, thinking that, you know what? I'm using this for my own benefit. I got this gifting. I'm using this gifting for my own purposes. You see? So what happened to him as he fell off the track? All right? Now, one time in my life, I had another dream. I'm a dreamer. God speaks to me in dreams a lot. So, I had a dream and... Well, before I mention that, let me say this. When I first got saved, and I just felt that hunger and that desire, don't you know that each time you spend with Christ in that presence, that intensity for His love increases, and then you want more of Him and more of Him. So I, I wanted more of Him, and I, and I asked these brothers that I knew who were, who, who were gang members, and they... And they, they they was converted. And so they say, you know what, listen, this is what you should do. You know, you, you want to learn how to get close to God? Come here. Let's, let's go to your house. Let's pray. I said, yeah, let's pray. He said, put on some music. Put on some music. All of a sudden, you know, I put on some Fred Hammond and stuff. And I'm listening to the Fred Hammond. I'm just sitting down there. Just waiting with them. And they, they praying. They on their knees, that old Pentecostal way. All of a sudden, the presence of God sweeps in, and I just start weeping and weeping and weeping. When they left, I continued that. I said, you know what? I, I, let, me just, let me just sit before him, and let, let me just wait on him. 
And the same thing kept happening. The presence of God kept sweeping in and sweeping in. I just kept loving on him and loving on him and holding on him. Now I understand why John, the beloved, always wanted to be on his chest. The sweet presence of the love of God was just, just, just so sweet that I, I didn't want to leave that place. And how many times when we have a doctor's appointment, that we'll wait for an hour till the doctor comes in. And when the doctor's talking, we won't answer our phones. We won't send out a text. We give the doctor his undivided attention. And then we begin to tell the doctor the things that are wrong with us. How much more the doctor of all doctors we need to wait on in his presence till he shows up and we begin to have that communion and fellowship. You see, in that presence, the enemy can't even find us. He's like, where'd he go? Which way did he go? Which way did he go? Because that's too high in the presence in Christ. It's like a force field. He can't reach you. It says, in his presence, he shall save you from the strife of tongues. In his presence, he shall give you rest. So back to the, one, the other dream. One, one, I had a dream, right? And I, and, and I struggle with this. And, I, and I'll, be, I'll be honest with you guys. I struggle with this. I have a... God calls me, and he may call you at a different time, and, you know, God works with people differently. But he calls me in the morning time to pray. So sometimes I have a hard time peeling myself off the bed. And one time I had a hard time peeling myself off the bed, and I had a dream. And somebody was telling me, you need to get up because Sonia is waiting for you. Sonia is waiting for you. So I said, what's well, Sonia? So I, I looked up with Sonia, man. I said, what's that name mean? What's Sonia? And Sonia meant wisdom. In that secret place with God, in that presence of God, that's where you're going to get the wisdom and revelation you need to combat the things of the day. That's where you're going to get the word and the proper attitude and respect that you need to treat people because he's teaching you the way he's treat he, he's teaching you the way he's behaving with you. You see, a lot of the times, like I was talking about two different mindsets with Martha and Mary. Sometimes we learn behaviors. For example, if I had a father who's real angry and he's always angry, ah, la, 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 and I'm looking at him and I'm following his example and I'm learning, all of a sudden I'm growing up and I start practicing that because I know my father's cool, I love my father and I have these wrong examples in, in, in my household on how I should behave. In other words, now that I'm learning a cursed behavior, this generational curse that's coming upon my life, now many of us, because of what we've been involved with, has been transferred to our children, and now that it has been transferred to our children, we're trying through the same means to correct them, and they're coming back with the same curse trying to correct us. 
But if we spend time in the presence of the Lord, knowing how to love, knowing how to be patient, knowing how to be kind, then they can model something different and we'll transfer a generational blessing instead of a generational curse. All in the presence of God. You guys think you call for ministry? How you think you're going to learn the voice of God when he's directing you, when he's moving you? His presence, his cloud moves this way. You move. When you get sensitive and when you, have, when you start developing that relationship, you get more sensitive to the things of the spirit, the spirit of God, the presence when it's moving. When, it, when, when all of a sudden you get this feeling and you're like, oh, I remember that feeling strengthening me. All of a sudden when you move, you get this feeling, oh God, thank you, I know what you're doing because you, you did this every time this happened to me. Now you're showing me how to do this. Oh, Lord. And we get intimate with the presence of God. We learn how he speaks. So when you step up here in ministry or you step out there in ministry or you step in your house, you could be sensitive to the moving of the spirit. That's how you know when God is moving because you step in line with his pattern. Bible school is great, but it should not replace the presence of the Spirit of God. It should not replace a relationship because many theologians know the Bible from front to back, but they have no life of God in them. But how many knows from the presence of God, you speak one word, somebody can drop on their knees and be healed. Isaiah said in the presence of God, he said, teach me how to speak one word to the person who is weary and they season. I used to always think I need to read people prophetically. I need to, I need to move. I, 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 I want to be, I, I, all you need is to have one word that's right on target. And lives can be shifted and changed. Now we might say, uh, how do I begin this intimate walk? How do I practice this? Well, one thing I need, well, for me, I know, I know that when I got saved, it was, it was a faith thing. I said, you know what, God, I, I, I believe in you. Please come into my heart. Be my savior. I surrender my life. Many of us in church, we say, God, I believe in you. You're good, you're good. But we never surrendered our life. It's like you're trying to get married, but still have your lovers on the side. You still want to be players, you know? Can't do it that way, nah. Let y'all know. Y'all hear me? Let y'all know. <laughs> but... But on, 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 on the real tip, what we really need to do is just totally say, God, I surrender my life. I'm here before you. And we believe that he, he becomes our Lord and he enters, his spirit enters into our hearts. So when we need healing as well, we stand in faith believing I'm already healed according to your word. Now, to have an intimate relationship with, 
Jesus is the same thing. You need to believe that he calls you there. There's no VIP sections with Jesus. He doesn't call a few to walk with him. He calls all of his children to walk with him. And so just like a space shuttle, he will give us an assignment. An assignment is to maybe wait on the Lord here. Get into your word. Sometimes we need to get in the word and keep our... Because, you know, we, 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 we say, God, I want to spend time with you. All of a sudden, our minds start wandering all over the place. So you know what's good in that sense is that when you, you, you put in a music or however you do it, you sit down, you read the word to try to focus your mind on something. We need to learn how to take control and authority back over our own minds. And we focus on the word. And we look to the word. And all of a sudden, when, when our mind is stilled and our emotions are stilled, and, 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 and our will is connected with him, we can sit and just be still for a minute. All of a sudden, the wind of his presence will come. Once that presence comes, oh God, I love you. There's nobody like you. I'll give anything. I lay it all down. But like the rich man who was called to be a disciple and to be intimate with Christ. We cannot be self-deceived, believe that money is more important than a relationship, that my man is more important than a relationship, that my girl is more important than this relationship, than, than, my, than my lust is more important than my relationship. That's the era of Baal. When the people of Israel were all blessed and Baal couldn't even curse them, he said, let me think. They got these weak, the weaknesses with these Moabite women. Let's come around and feed them the women and pull them out of their blessing. So the Lord comes and judges Baal to pay off for that. But the people pay the price. People pay the price. Hey, people pay the price. Rocky. The people pay the price. A plague hit them. Yeah. A lot of the times our unsurrendered areas that are not crucified on the cross is the very treasures that God is asking us to lay down. Because your cross will become your doorway to a life that you always wanted in Christ. But you got to be willing to push past the pain of your cross to embrace the life of God and the things that he has for you. Many of us are looking for maybe partners and, 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 and you know, in a relationship with a woman or a man and, and, and we, we're waiting on God. And, but I, I encourage you, wait on the Lord. Don't let the enemy push you and rush you beyond God's will to grab a hold of someone that will try to tear down your life because you accepted a Moabite woman instead of the woman that God had for you or the man that God had for you. So sometimes, back to rewind a little bit, back, back to what I was saying, when that presence starts sweeping in, 
you realize there's only one thing that's needed. There's only one thing that's needed. And sometimes when you feel him release off of you, and that intimacy was finished, that's how we know sometimes in worship when it's time to quit because we feel the Spirit of God give us that release. Because we learn ministry in relationship. A lot of people can give you their wisdom and knowledge, and that's all good. But the Bible said if the anointing buys in you, you don't need no man to teach you. But if it abides in you, it teaches you all things. The presence of God is with you to teach you all things, to give you knowledge and understanding in that presence. Whereas the intimacy, in the intimacy is where you can receive the revelations for the things that you need. Not that God doesn't use people, of course he does. But it shouldn't substitute a relationship with Jesus. When you learn to be in the spirit of Christ, like I said, there is no distance. You don't have to look to a God in heaven, Father Almighty. The spirit that's in you, once you learn to dwell and live in there, and you start to see, be more conscious of God instead of self-conscious, you realize that you already touched heaven. Heaven is already in you. In 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God called you to fellowship. Like I said, you need faith to connect with this. Here's some scriptures. God called you to fellowship. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It's saying, may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And that word communion is fellowship, that intimacy. It's, it's God's desire to draw you into a relationship with him. Just like Joseph, when there was a famine in the land, we need to learn how to store up prayer. When Joseph stored up weed and stored up wheat, we need to be intimate with God and pray for those who are in need in our families and our friends so that when the famine hits their life, we have what they need to give them. Moses was intimate with God. He had the revelation of the commandments. Gideon spent time with God and found his true identity in the presence of God. Many of us are modeling the world and the culture and we're trying to be, you know, a hard rock or whatever we're trying to be. Crazy stuff now. I heard a song where Gaga, I want your disease. What's that about? What's that about? That's a song. I heard that. Yeah, I did. I want your disease. I don't know the rest of it. I, I know I heard she said, I want your disease. That, that, that's, that's the culture we live in. And that's what, that's what people are modeling themselves after. We have an identity crisis in the world. They don't know who they are. They want to be Tupac's. They want to be 50 Cent. They want to be Lady Gaga's. They want to be, they want to be Jay-Z's and, and Beyonce's. Dropping it like it's hot. Hold up a minute, honey. Your true identity is already for you in Christ. Paul, through his relationship with Christ, found out through his weaknesses that he was trying to conquer, all he needed to do was just embrace him. And he found out he was strong through embracing his weaknesses because Christ became his strength. 
Through the relationship with God, Enoch in the Bible, Adam's great, 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 whatever grandson, walked with God. I can imagine him talking with Adam. You, were, you walked with God? Grand, 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 grandpapa? You know, because they live like 900-something years. And, you know, I can hear, yeah, I did, yeah. So, how was that like? How was it? It was, it was, was it, was it, what was that like? Oh, it was the sweetest relationship and presence. It was, you need to do that, boy. Now, from that place, ignited a passion in Enoch that he went after God on his own. And he began to walk with God on his own till he was not. How many times that people came up to you and said, who are you? I don't know who you are no more. You're different. I want to walk with God till I'm no more me. I want it to be Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I hope that the glory off of me falls on you. Jacob, through his relationship and wrestling with God in that relationship, became Israel. Elisha, being in the relationship and intimacy and in the presence of God, found out battle strategies for the king of Israel against the king's enemies. We're making a lot of phone calls to people in this place to help me out when we should be in a connection with Christ to show us the battle strategies. Are we lazy? We want other people to do our labor for us? There's too much on a lot of, a lot of our plates anyway that we'd have to take on another person's burdens. But if you would push past the slothfulness of the spirit, connect to a relationship with Jesus, you would find the waters of revelation, the waters of the spirit, you would find in your own life a place in Christ that you only dreamed of living in. But how many of us got to be willing to do that? That's what I'm saying. It's not a Sunday thing. It's... it's it's a connection thing. You pick up your toothbrush every day. Why can't you pick up the, 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 the horn with Jesus? It's a thing that you have to practice. I find myself practicing the presence of God. When, when, when I get conscious of fear, I get conscious of, of, of the anxieties in my life, or I start getting conscious of, of, of this thing when bosses come or, or when situations arise, I, I retreat like a fox to a hole to where the presence of Jesus is. And I find my rest there, my hiding place. So I no longer become conscious of myself, but I become conscious of another. Because in the prayer closet, God told me, stop living from your life. Learn how to live from the Spirit as life. You tired of yourself? Stop trying to fix yourself. Get rid of it. Abandon it. Live from Jesus. The one thing that's needed. Uh. Praise the Lord. Now what I really believe now is God is calling you into that relationship now. He's he's pulling, he, he, he wants you to go 
go beyond where you're at. He wants you to go deeper. Deep calls on to deep. In your hearts right now, maybe the hunger and the passion is being stirred up. Maybe the fires of, of the desire for who he is in your life is being stirred up. Maybe you're, you're, you're convicted and recognized, I should be doing more. I should be seeking your face. But whatever it is, God is not here to put you down. God is here to place you back up. When we worship, like I said before, it's like a child. God, daddy, pick me up. So today we're going to believe God to pick you up. And bring you to where he's at in his presence to be intimate, intimate with him now. You, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I want to believe God right now. And, and, and I pray many of you connect with your faith with me. That there be a presence explosion right now. Matter of fact, the leadership, yeah, there you go. You, you, you prophetic, brother. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Let's believe God for a presence explosion that would ignite the intimacy and the love of God in our hearts. Some of us have not felt God in a while. Some of us feel like we're outside of the will of God, that we're like a glass looking in, and we haven't really experienced that because the enemy has, I tell you now, the enemy has deceived you through focusing on a lot of wrong issues that are going on in your life and you believe the lie. You see, with Martha and Mary, the enemy has no power other than what we give him through believing his lie. Jezebel, Satan, whoever it is, is empowered by us. They have no power. God stripped them. He says he he stripped them all. But we're outside of the camp because maybe some things we're dealing with, but we don't have to stay there. But we, we believe the lie that causes us to stay there. But today God wants to draw you back into his presence of love. See, these are them times where you say, all right, God, I'm done. Can you take over? (laughs) So, Father God, the glory that you have given Jesus, you said that you have given us. That we may connect and be united as you are united, Father. I pray that this glory of your Spirit, the presence of your Spirit, will be released over this house now. I'm asking you now, Father, increase it. Increase yourself in this place. Now we're going to believe for this explosion right now, the presence of God in our lives. Glasses, uh, 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 gates of hell is not going to be able to hold you back. We're going we're gonna, to, it can't encage us. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is you want to hunger, just come to the front. And we're going to believe God right now for your need. But God also has a need. He wants to love you. 
He wants to be a part of your life. Not just on Sunday, but every day. So I'm throwing the net out there. If you really... If you really want to be ignited, your fire's been dimming, just come to the front. Only one thing is needed. You may say, I have a sin problem. I have a lust problem. I have an anger problem. But I'm here to tell you today, you don't have those problems. You have an intimacy problem. That's the only problem we have. Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.